As entrepreneurs, we all want to make a huge impact in our markets. We're all in different markets. The world is changing. How can we really make an impact? Well, today's remarkable entrepreneur is truly remarkable. He's in one of the toughest businesses in the world, or was. He's kind of reinvented himself. He started out 38 years ago in the print business. I mean, if, if you were going to say uh, one of the toughest commodity businesses in the world, it is the print industry. 20 years ago, he owned his own business, started, and then a constant journey of reinventing. He's won you know, tons of awards in his industry and uh, just a really remarkable individual. I had the privilege of meeting him at Dan Sullivan's strategic coach. He's a longtime uh, you know, colleague of Dan's and just I've invited him because all of us have businesses and they're constantly evolving. And one of the most important things that we can do is really take it, lead, and make that huge impact to ride the wave, whatever wave it is in our industry. And David Engel is a remarkable individual, and he's going to show you how to ride the wave. I'm John Bowen. We're at AES Nation. Stay tuned because you do not want to miss any of this. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep, think bold, drive hard, watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com David, thank you for joining us. This is you know, great to have you. You and I get to get together at Strategic Coach uh, about quarterly and uh, over the last five years, I've seen, you know, just you constantly reinventing yourself even there. But when you told me your whole journey, I had to share it with our entrepreneurial audience. So thank you, David, for joining us. Oh, thank you, John. I, I'm so appreciative. We finally got together to do this. And, and, uh, and I look forward to spending the next half hour with you. Well, let's, let's, let's make it really valuable because I, I know you've got some great takeaways. I've learned a lot just hanging out with you and, you know, some of the side advice when we're brainstorming together. But, you know, one of the most important things is for everybody to get a frame of reference of where we're coming from, David, and maybe give a little bit of backstory on your journey, if you would. Absolutely. So, so I went into a family business uh, over 30-something years ago. I started very young, obviously. And, um, and the business was evolving. And when it was, when it was sold to a public company, I decided that I didn't want to work for somebody else. And I was always given my freedom before. And, and, and uh, when you're a son of an owner, you're like in a fishbowl. Everybody looks at you from all different sides. And the fishbowl either really shrinks if you're not really good or it becomes an aquarium. And, and mine became an aquarium. So I really had real freedom. And then when I went to work for a public company, well, they're not exactly the most open in terms of allowing you to swim in your aquarium. So I started my own business. And right away, I wanted to differentiate myself. I wanted to be a leader. And I think for, uh, for people, uh, for entrepreneurs, you have to differentiate yourself and, and really make yourself a leader. And so I, I started a business on not owning, owning any equipment, which was a real 
uh, stretch from, from what everybody else had because you're really selling intellectual capital. And so I started that business. And what happens is, and if you look at the evolution of print and you look at newspapers and you look at books, clearly it still works. I will tell you that print still works for a market, but clearly there's less of it. And because there's such capacity, it's become really commoditized. And so what I had to do was I had to change my business model to maintain that leadership rule that would allow me to, to get the prices and the margins that I wanted to get. So over a period of the last 20 years, I've morphed my business and changed my business at least four times. And if I have one message to tell people, it's first of all, don't be afraid of change, embrace change, because change takes you to that next level. And so I started in, in the print business selling commodity print. And, and what I did was I differentiated myself by bringing innovation, by showing people what they could do and what's out there that's new and different. So as opposed to calling people to see what their needs were, I basically came to teach them what's out there and what they might be able to try. Yeah, and David, let me stop you here, because you know, one of the things that it's so easy for entrepreneurs, or really all of us, to go, well, David's in the print business, that's different than what we have. And I just want to just, because I mean, some of the brilliance you're going over, you're going over too quick. and. You know, the the one thing that almost every business out there, we're being commoditized. Okay, we're being commoditized, we're being digitized, as David's talking about, and I don't care whether it's print. What I mean, you know, the other day I saw somebody just print a uh, car on a 3D printer. So, I mean, everything's being digitized, you know, those things that you can't even imagine. And But the one big thing is intellectual property, that knowledge. And what was so subtle that I want to point out, David, for all of us, is the temptation is to you know go ahead and you know commodity. We're going to make it cheaper, better, you know, faster, all that stuff, and get it out there. Okay, which is great, except for one thing: <laughs> there's great competitors doing that too, and we're not adding much value when somebody's coming to us and just getting it. And I've seen you, David. You know, you and I have brainstorm you've shared with me some of the you know really innovative things that you're doing and, and you're doing it with some of the biggest companies in the world and what to me is so amazing is that you stopped you know waiting certainly for the RFPs you are you are bringing innovation to the companies that they wouldn't see anywhere else you're showing them how to get the results they want and more and you could be in any industry doing that. And I mean, David, that's where I just wanted to kind of you know, make sure we emphasize that because that's just so powerful. So, so I apologize if I, if I talked quickly there, but I, I get passionate about my business and clearly I get excited about my business. But the, 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 the big difference is, is that I stopped and said, how could I be different and add value to my clients? And you're absolutely right. I'm dealing with, with with the large financial institutions in, in, in on New York on Wall Street, I'm dealing uh, from the Canadian loyalty programs. So I'm dealing with a large variety of marketers, and what I've come to recognize is what I found out in interviewing them is that they don't have enough time to find out what's new out there. They don't have enough time to understand what the future is. And what I've done and what I've recognized, if I bring that, those new experiences to them, 
then I've made myself an invaluable member of their team. And I've added capacity to their marketing team. And so what I, what, what I did was, first of all, is I found out what their opportunities were and what their challenges were. And then I went out and researched new technology. And I would come to them and I would say, you know, there's this new technology out there that allows you to use your data better. But here's specifically how you can use it. And all of a sudden now, I became a leading innovator within their team that allowed them to go to their team and say, look what, what's new. And, and John, I bypassed the ability, I bypassed the RFP process. That's one of the things I, I love is that, you know, you're talking with the, the executors. You're not down in kind of the vending, purchasing group, the whole thing. And the other thing, David, which I think is brilliant, and this is something for all of us, you know, we, there's all this print on sharing economy and all that, but you don't own all this innovative equipment too. You're just, you are bringing all of this together, if I understand it correctly. Uh, absolutely correct. And what it did, John, by the way, is it gave me a secondary marketplace. Because uh, in our business, somebody buys a piece of equipment for one specific program, one specific need. What I was able to do was I was able to use that equipment for other purposes. And that's really part of my unique ability. But what it did was, is that it allowed me to get bigger margins than my, my suppliers were getting. And what it allowed me also to do is it allowed me to open their business up as a potential client. I today consult with my suppliers to show them how to bring innovation to their clients. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the model because you're, you know, you're in the middle and we think of the middleman being vanishing because you know, it was really adding little value in the past, but you're taking innovation, you're working with the firms that have this equipment and you know, they're struggling with trying to come up with ideas, you're seeing what they're doing, you're seeing how you can take it, but then you're also matching them with these large companies who have clear needs, they have clear opportunities and challenges, but aren't sure yet how to bridge you know, that technology and take advantage of it. I mean, and, and the reason why I wanted to have you on, David, is this is in every industry. I mean, this is not unique to printing. If, if anything, I think you picked one of the hardest industries to figure it out, and you have. It, you're, you're absolutely correct. It, it really is, the model can be taken down to almost any business, and it really is a model that mixes innovation with leadership. Well, let's, let's talk about that a little bit because you know, I want to go into some of the lessons you've learned, you've shared with me uh, over the years and you know, as we got together before we turned on the cameras. You know, the, the one thing, this is one that most of us as entrepreneurs are going to recognize, but we forget about it. Um, and you, you talked about it in your journey, reinventing yourself and so on, is that when you, you know, have a business, whether you're starting it today or whether you're really successful, the business you're in today is not likely the business that you're going to end up with. Why don't you, how does that all work in your mind? Well, so, so if, when I started my business, I thought I started my business thinking that, you know what, I'm going to own this big equip, this big plant. I'm going to employ 150 people. I'm going to, you know, sell a hundred million dollars. And, and, and at the end of the day, all I'm really selling today is new ideas and new concepts. 
And, and what it allows me to do is it allows me not to worry about what I'm doing today and what my competitors are watching me do. It's where tomorrow is going to be. And, and so, and so what, what, I, what I embrace today is what's my next position going to be? Where am I going to be in, in the next year? And how, how am I going to morph my business to meet the needs of my clients? And it really becomes a virtual business. John, five years ago, I had 20 employees. Today, I have eight employees and 17 consultants. And the consultants come and go depending on the knowledge and the expertise that I require. It is. And this is one you know I feel passionate about, too. I mean, I'll just show an over-the-shoulder shot. I'm here at Global Headquarters. Uh, with uh, David, uh, David's a. I think you're in Toronto, David. I am. Yeah, we're over Toronto. Skype. I'm in Silicon Valley, and and uh, you know, my last company or co- uh, companies ago, the I had uh, almost 400 employees, <laughs> and today I'm sitting by myself in my pool house in Silicon Valley with three pretty significant businesses uh, with no employees and. And I think, David, one of the things you and I respect an awful lot is the intellectual property, but also our fellow entrepreneurs. I mean, we're, when you talk about the consultants that you're bringing in, you know, bringing them in on project base, they've got intellectual property, too, that they're bringing in. And, you know, this richness that you can create here, it's, it's a little bit like it reminds me of Hollywood, the movies, where some of the top people come together for just that movie, for just that project. And then, yeah, you know, we, we still maintain the ties. And when there, there's another project they're, they're right for or we're right for, they bring us in. And, and you've done that in your industry. And I, I think that's, that's the future for so many industries. You know, the, the, my ability to, to change my business and morph my business to the needs of the marketers is all because I have an unbelievably rich uh, source of relationships. It, re- relationships, relationships, relationships. So today, not only in terms of my clients that I'm dealing with, but today I have an expertise in, in innovation and print, and I have some knowledge of digital, but I really have a, don't have a, a great understanding of mobile. And today one of the, one of the most important marketing channels is, is the mobile environment. And, and what I'm able to do is through my network and my relationships, I'm able to bring in world-class experts to deal with my clients. And, and I'm the executive sponsor and they run the day-to-day business. And my clients come back to my business because I have the network to solve the problems that they need. No, and that's, that's, that's well, a huge value. I mean, David, let's talk a little more about relationships because, you know, you and I have gotten to know each other through, I'm going to call Dan's group a mastermind group. It's a uh, strategic coach. It's uh, we're in a group of roughly 50 uh, CEO fellow entrepreneurs and we get together on a quarterly basis. And it's just been, I've been in it for now about five years. David, how long have you been involved in strategic coach? Almost 20 years. Yeah. So this is, you know, this is something that you, you, you know, and if I look at some of the most important relationships in my business today, they've come from there. Uh, how, how do you go about, you know, creating this, you know, not only you know, our internal company, our internal team, but kind of this virtual bench that's there to help you at any time 
along the way. I mean, this is so valuable for every, you know, our fellow entrepreneurs. So, so, so I've built my, uh, my community on a number of different areas. So first of all, when I, when I, when I go to trade shows, uh, and I can't, I can't tell you how valuable trade shows are, and although they're a disappearing model, for me, they were excellent because what I really did was I began to make relationships in different areas. And I, and I fostered those relationships. I helped uh, build those relationships. So today, if, I, if, if there's a need that I need on a mobile or on a, on a print area, I would basically use those trade relationships. Uh, communities like Strategic Coach, I can't tell, you know, just our relationship is, you know, I, I, I really appreciate um, but there are so many others that I've met at areas like Strategic Coach. I also believe in, in doing a lot of community work and doing a lot of volunteer work. And although it really hasn't benefited me in my area of business, it builds a community of expertise that I could reach out to many people on. And I just build those relationships. Every time I meet somebody, I still write a handwritten note to say, not an email, a handwritten note telling them how much I appreciate their, th th that relationship. So I, I differentiate myself, I foster the relationship, I help people, and, and, my, and my business relationships become friends. It's, a, it's funny, I'm thinking of the handwritten notes, just a reminder to everybody you know, how busy everyone is, uh, and I've got a pretty big network. I'm gonna say I get about every other week a handwritten note, and, which is so rare, and you, know, and you save them for a while, and the touch, so great tool. David, on relationships, you also spend time with uh, your association that you're involved in. Maybe tell you know why you've chose to do that because so many people you know they're trying to decide you know you said like trade shows or kind of they're, they've they've declined uh, in many industries. Uh, they they're still I, I would agree with you they're relatively important in most industries. If in some cases they're critical. But in your industry, you've uh, stayed there, not only stayed there, you've been on the board of directors for an awful long time, too. So, so uh, I'm, a, I'm a board member of the Canadian Marketing Association. So in, in the U.S., you would know it as the uh, Direct Marketing Association, DMA, which, by the way, runs an annual conference. And if anybody really wants to find out what's, happened in, what's happening in database marketing, then that's a two-day or three-day conference. And I believe this year it is in Boston in October. It's well worth the investment to, to, for you to go or to send one of your, uh, your team members to go to see what's new and different because you get worldwide information at that particular point, be it DRTV, be it mobile, be it data, be it uh, analytics. It, it's really all there. So... Um, so we have a Canadian Marketing Association, and what I, why I got involved in it originally was because I wanted to make certain that there were elements of education and elements of, of uh, integrity within the association. And I started about uh, 20 years ago and got on the board about 15 years ago, and I've been on the board for 15 years. And, and the reason I did it was really to, to uh, add any expertise I could in fact, what I did is I did a major education uh, initiative to, to do outside secondary education for marketers uh, to, to increase their level within the Canadian marketplace. But what it's given me is not only a sense of accomplishment, but I've got, I sit at a table with every, over the past 
15 years, I must have met CMOs, chief marketing officers, presidents of, of marketing organizations, maybe hundreds of them, basically because I sit at the same table and, and meet them and, and you build a camaraderie around the table. Uh, it's, it is. And I've done that. I haven't done it as well. So it's a good uh, more recently. So maybe I should go back. But it was a huge part of my early success along the way was, you know, you just you can't help by being active in the association, you're sitting with other motivated, inspired people, and they're they're making a difference. David, let me go to goal setting. You know, you 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 know, you're, you've been evolving your businesses in a number of different ways, and you know, ca capital and people intense in the be beginning, and now intellectual property intense. And how do you do goal setting along the way that's effective? Well, you know, again, part of this comes from uh, from Dan Sullivan, a strategic coach, in terms of three-year goals. But what it really is, it, it's a it's a tool for me to to give myself some direction and look at some of my wins from the past and some of my non-wins or my losses. And it really focuses me on where I want to be a year from now or two years from now and what initiatives I have to take. The big thing with goal setting is is that when you reach out for a goal. Sometimes you're going to get that goal right away. Sometimes you're not. And by the way, my goals are not only business goals. They are community goals. They are health goals. Um, and, and, and what it really does is some of your goals you're going to achieve right away. Some you're not going to achieve right away. And some are uh, you'll never achieve because they're, they're out there. But, but what it really does is it gives me confidence. When I have a goal and I know the path that I'm going, it gives me direction. And it gives me confidence. And in my world, I have to protect my confidence all the time. Because when you go out to tell somebody, you know, this is a brand new idea, and they say to you, well, what's, is it going to work? And, and, and what kind of results am I going to expect? And because you're using a new technology, and, and, and it's never been tested before, you're, you're, you have to have the confidence to say, all, you know, by experience, it's going to work. It's new technology. I've tested the technology. And I don't know how well it's going to work because nobody's done it yet. And as a leader and as an innovator, you have to take that risk. Well, I want to come back to that protecting your confidence too, David, because this is one, you know, all as entrepreneurs, you know, we, let's, I'm going to use Jim Collins for a second, the, the BHAG, the big, hairy, audacious goal, maybe 15 to 25 years out. And then Dan Sullivan's strategic coach, you know, is more three years, but with the big, I mean, Dan, at, I think he's 71 or 72 now uh, at the time of the recording, and he's got his 25-year VHAG goal too. So, I mean, you know, the, the, the part, though, as we go and we do all this stuff and we're running and, you know, we're focused on our goals, we're, we're executing well, life intrudes. And it can intrude big time and it can slap us down and so on. And I always use the term quiet confidence. I mean, to me, this is so important. It's not arrogance. It's not being egocentric. It's having the confidence of what you do. But you know, how do you protect it? You said you were protecting it. When you get whacked down with the marketplace, you know, uh, I don't know, probably nothing's ever gone wrong for you, David. But, you know, <laughs> I know that not to be true. I mean, but, yeah, how, how, how do you protect it? So you really, it, with me individually, I really get beat up roughly about 1.30 in the middle of the night when I wake up and I go, oh, God, what am I going to do? 
And, and, and what I really do is, I, you know, I, I, I've gotten now uh, through experience, I, I know I go back to bed, I say, you know what, in the morning it'll be better. But I used to get up in the middle of the night and I used to go to my little, my little book where I have my goals. And I used to say, okay, here's the problem. Let's look at it with, with respect to the goals. So everybody has the challenges. But if I know where I'm going and I say, what did I do wrong? What did I, and, or what did I do right? And, and what do I do to overcome this? Then, then I wake up, I go back to bed, I wake up the next morning with, with my confidence intact again. But it's all because I have this path. If I, if I didn't have this path to, to know where I was going, I would never get there. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I start the day every day. Uh, I don't keep a journal. I'm not a print guy. So I have, <laughs> what, I have my tablet, OneNote, you know, that syncs with all my computers. But I have, you know, for this year, eight goals or a combination of business, personal, and so on. And I, I start every day and just kind of reflect on that because life happens, it intrudes. Uh, I don't care how successful you are. I've you know, got good friends that are billionaires, life slaps them down too. And it's just, you know, so protecting your confidence and really knowing, I mean, David, I, I think this is so valuable, knowing where you're going and recognizing you know, again, this is uh, cliche, but, you know, it's the journey, not the destination that, you know, we're, we're, we're not sure where we're going to end up at any one point, but we know focus, focus, focus. This is the direction that we're going. We can really make a big impact. I want to go back to one thing you mentioned real quick is embracing change, because that to me, that was what most impressed me when you and I met. Dan uh, Sullivan introduced us and you know, he, I, I forgot how he said it, but, you know, there's something printer and I'm thinking, geez, I'm surprised a printer, you know, is here uh, in the uh, strategic coach. And then he told me how you reinvented yourself along the way and embraced change. And, you know, having gotten to know you over the last five years, I mean, I've, I've seen it. I mean, you're, you just, you be, you're constantly just, you know, how can I raise the value for my clients? And by doing that, I'm going to do well. And you've been willing to open and you know make changes. How do you know? It's one thing. I always go back to embracing change. I always thought I was phenomenal at it until I merged with a company, and I was no longer in charge. I, I learned that if you mer it's a merger of equals, but you're not sure your role afterwards, it's an acquisition. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I was CEO of a, a large part of it, but. Uh, you know, I, I no longer had the ability to influence the change as much. And, and that really affected me. And I think you know, as entrepreneurs, we struggle with this change, embracing change. How do you do it? So, so, so first of all, I look for the signs that, um, that t tell me it's time to change or to, to look at change. I look at either a failure or a mistake that, that, that does it, a lack of a sale or somebody who has a need, or somebody who, who um, tempts me or who asks me a question. So if I can, I'll use this uh, only because we're talking about Dan. Dan, uh, what, I, what I really found out is that I'm really a coachable individual. And, and, and that if somebody makes a suggestion, I don't say I can't do that. I say, how can I do that? And so in my business, most people used to go out and show an idea to somebody or show a sample of some work and only get paid for it if they sold the program. 
Dan said, well, how do you get paid for showing them the, the concept? And what I did was I took that as a, as a test. And what I did is I developed a process, high response technology, that allowed me to charge for my wisdom and my innovation. And then if they took one of my ideas, I would get paid for doing the idea. So really what happens is it's to know the signals where change can occur and to say, why not? And, and to explore. Now, all, this, all the while, you have to make sure that your cash flow is good and that, and that you're not forgetting your, your other business. But, but still, it's the ability to look at it and say, you know, I can tell you, and we don't have time here, but, but I can tell you that there are three or four things that I did that nobody in my business did. So clearly, one of them is, chain, is, is charging for, in a sense, a sales call. But really, because you're, you're giving content in that sales call. But, but, uh, but also in, in doing the things that you do well and, and not working the whole process through with customers. But I digress. No, that's critical, David. I mean, that's, I, I think that, you know, one of the things you've been so good at is I'm going to call it piloting or testing. You know, you do that in, a, you know, in direct mail, obviously, in so much of the print marketing business that you've done. But it, it's really uh, that you've, you've gone ahead and you're testing, you're willing, you know, the classic ready, fire, get the market feedback, aim. And not everything we test is going to work. I mean, I, you know, I know we still call them failures. We should call them experiments or something. But, uh, you know, if they fail, you know, next. The single most powerful word in business is next. I mean, don't get caught up on this, but be willing to test. And it's, it's that little bit of challenge. I mean, that's a great example where you're you know, being paid to share your innovation. Well, not only is there some revenue there, you know, and the whole scheme of thing is probably not the biggest part of the revenue, but what... What there is, is talk about positioning relative to the rest of the industry. And that can allow you to even give more to the client. So it's that, you know, constant improvement. I mean, it's just amazing. But let, uh, go ahead. You know, it's, it's a very funny thing. And, and, and it, it, in my youth, you know, I would, I would, uh, I would go out and, and, and test this and, and develop this concept. And I, I just took the idea and ran with it and went to uh, the president of Reader's Digest at that particular point. He said, here's this great process. And, and, uh, and he said, oh, that sounds great. How much is it going to, what's my investment? So I told him, I said, it's about $7,500 a month for a year. And he says, okay, I'm in. And, and I go, great, I'll send you the documentation tomorrow. And then I go into my car and I go, great, I just sold it. And I go, oh my God, what am I going to sell now? How, how am I going to fulfill it? And, and so, so, you know, out of, out of, out of, uh, out of uh, necessity, you build a product. So it's, well, it's yeah, that's the market told us that you needed it. And I, I think so many of us have been in that experience and it's, it's a great, it's a really great way. You got to be able to deliver and you can, yeah. let me, I'm going to switch segments. I want to go kind of broad based and I know you travel, I travel on our smartphones. There are some applications and let me go to the application of the day. David, what would you recommend to your fellow entrepreneurs on your smartphone? So, so I'm using a, uh, I recently used and found it invaluable, a, a program called Asana, A-S-A-N-A. And what it really allows me to do is allows me to communicate with my team on all the projects that we're working on together. And rather than forward emails back and forth, what it really allows you to do is almost have a, it's, like, it's, it's similar to Trello, but this I found more, uh, more effective. 
and allows me to communicate with my team at all times. Now, that's great. Let me go, you know, there, there are definitely some fellow entrepreneurs who are interested in learning more about you. And let's go to the next segment, which is resources. And David, um, you've got two websites I want to share. Why don't we start with the first one? So the first one is, is uh, www.innovativegraphics.com. And that really is, uh, was my base business model that really talks specifically about print and innovation in print. And that serves the core of my clients. It, it's, when I, it's when I work with other printers in terms of uh, mentoring them and, and, and working with their sales force. We'll use that one as, a, uh, as the base. The and other one. Go ahead. I'm going to put that I up may, on screen. The other way, if I, if I may, is Innovative HRT. HRT stands for High Response Technology. It is a process or process, depending on which side of the border you live on, um, that, I, that I initiate. It's a, it's a consulting platform. And that really is the current and, and evolving business that talks about all the different marketing channels. It, adds, it talks about adding capacity in, in, for marketing teams, and it really looks at all the channels, be it print, be it mobile, digital, outgoing uh, telemarketing, all those different areas. Uh, this is really great. Let me go, um, I wanna go to the next segment and share the key takeaways. David, I, I've been taking a lot of notes. I, I mean, I'm gonna encourage anybody that's doing any significant innovative print to go uh, you know, check out David. We'll have the links and we'll have his phone number on the show notes and so on. David, why don't you give your, um, the number if they want to reach out directly to you. So, so, so John, because of our relationship and, and your entrepreneurs, I'm going to give you my own personal number. It is area code 416-410-0576. Oh, that's great. We'll have that in the show notes too. If you're driving, don't try to write this down and so on. But David's my, you know, definitely the, you know, the, for big innovative projects, David's the guy. And let me go, you know, the takeaways that I got, number one is the business you start is not what you're gonna end with, is, you know, get started and really listen to the market. Uh, second, embrace change. You know, David has just kept on reinventing himself. All the successful entrepreneurs that I've ever met have done that. Uh, it just, you can't help but, I mean, there's, so many uh, just reinventions along the way. It's, pr it's pretty interesting. Relationships, relationships, relationship. David talked about the importance of it. You know, be involved in a mastermind group. You're involved here with a virtual one, but you know, get into groups. Goal setting, you know, really be clear on the three-year plan. Not so much that you're gonna realize exactly that in your business and personal life, but that you've got that direction, that focus, focus, focus and above all, protect your confidence. David, this has been phenomenal. I, I really appreciate you, you know, sharing your insights. I wanna encourage everyone out there, go to aesnation.com, get the transcript, the show notes. There's so many insights here. And above all, execute, execute, execute. Your clients, your future clients, they're all counting on you. Don't let them down. We wish you the best of success. Exceptional remarkable breakthroughs aesnation.com